hey guys, the Patreon is back. If you want and are able to, you can directly support this podcast by signing up for the Would You Die Patreon for only $3 a month. You'll get exclusive content and monthly live streams. And as this brand continues to grow, I'll add more tiers and perks along the ways. Also, while you're in the mood for supporting horror creators, check out Fangoria, one of the premier brands in horror. Fangoria has been delivering quality magazines since 1979. And believe it or not, the very first issue of Fangoria features the the big guy, the king of the monsters, the topic of today's video. So you definitely, if you're not a fan of Fangoria, you should be. Each collectible issue features exclusive articles about your favorite monsters as well as up-and-coming terrors. Be sure to check out the Fangoria store website for subscriptions and a bunch of cool merch. And while you're there, use promo code WHATDOYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. That's right, 20% off your entire order. Applies to subscription and one-time orders. Applies to the first subscription order only. Now, it's time to talk about the king of the monsters. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Be my victim. You are all my children now. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I am joined by a prolific creator in the horror community. He is the host of the Horror Countdown podcast. You can find his film reviews on Don's world of horror and exploitation, and he is constantly sharing and uplifting other horror creators. I think it's the coolest thing. This dude's awesome, and I honestly, just an honor for me to welcome to the show, Don Anelli. How are you doing today? Screonk, everyone. How's it going? <laughs> a little joke for later on tonight but um if you've read the episode titled you know what that's in reference to but uh yeah that, uh, it's an honor to be on here and i'm definitely glad that uh, we got together to do this because i'm really excited about it and uh from our past uh, interactions uh this is going to be a lot of fun so i'm uh, really looking forward to this oh yeah and in case you guys haven't read the title description we're talking about the biggest monster ever uh both literally and i i'd say at the box office like iconically you know it's the big g it's the king of the monsters we are talking about godzilla <laughs> yep i'm really excited for this one uh i mean like i said based on uh, our past interactions uh, this is going to be a lot of fun and one of my favorite topics to discuss of all time so uh this is going to be a lot of this is going to be great Oh yeah, I I agree. But before we before we start talking about the big G, what I'm really curious is like as I mentioned, you do so much in like the horror world and you're constantly sharing and with people like you it really feels like a horror community. What kind of set you off on this horror path because i think it's pretty obvious you're a fan <laughs> yeah what do you mean you think the i like this blood and guts crap oh fuck off with that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um I, I guess my horror journey would be um kind of unusual for a lot of people i i, I would assume that uh, if you interviewed 100 people at least 90 to 95 of them would say 
Um, either my parents were fans or my older brother was a fan. And, you know, I, I raided their movie collections and did, you know, one thing led to another and I'm watching Exorcist at nine years old or, you know, something similar to that. Or, you know, maybe you stumble down in the middle of the night to, you know, get a drink of water and you, you see Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Night of the Living Dead on TV and, you, you know, you're transfixed or traumatized or, you, you know, one of those two. And, uh, you know, you became a, a fan uh, ever since then. I didn't really follow that route. Um, I kind of was, and I, I, I say this just because it's not necessarily one uh, a term that I'm really familiar with. It was almost like I was pushed against it um, by my family. Um, the, the, I, I can't say I grew up in a religious family, but I grew up with a very heavily religious uh, influence in my background. Um, if you haven't guessed by my last name, um, we're, my family is very heavily um, Roman Catholic. And that was always like a very big, you know, I, I, I guess like a, a looming influence over me, which was to, you know, see a bunch of, you know, violence and blood and gore. And, you know, you see films being promoted based on, you know, massacres and, uh, you know, people being ripped to pieces and seeing images that'll make your blood freeze or, you know, Stuff like that. It was very, very, I, I, I wouldn't say forbidden because that was never the case, but it was just very heavily made it clear that that wasn't the way that I was supposed to be to be like a righteous and generous person and to, you know, be like a, a good standing member of the community. And it, it was always something that I never really pushed back against as at that age, it was, again, this is kind of like the, the weird thing to mention, but I didn't really see much point in pushing back against my parents because a lot of the stuff that I grew up with, they proved right. So, uh, you know, like, you know, don't touch the stove, it's hot. And, you know, your dumbass touches the stove and, you know, you burn your fingers and they say, <laughs> well, I told you. And, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, you were right. Okay, so then, you know, you know, you listen to them about stuff like that. Don't look both ways before you cross the street. And, you know, what happens when, you know, your basketball or baseball runs across the street and you almost get run over? They say, look both ways before you cross the street. What did I tell you? And it was just kind of like a, an accumulation of stuff like that, where if, you know, my parents said not to do something, I didn't rebel against it because I assumed they were right. So my parents mm -hmm. telling me, don't watch, you know, stuff like that. It'll, it's bad for you. It kind of just made sense for me not to do it. So I, I kind of steered away from that. And it wasn't until I was in my teens where, and the, you know, this is going to sound kind of weird, but in, in my teens, I really developed into being like an action movie fan. And I was gotcha. like really heavily into, you know, like the late 80s, you know, shoot 'em ups kind of stuff. You know, I, I mean, I knew Lundgren, Stallone, Van Damme, Schwarzenegger. I, I mean, even like the, you know, lower tier guys like Seagal and Olivier Grenier and, you know, guys like that, you know. I, that was kind of like my wheelhouse when I was growing up. And just as a weird coincidence, it, I, I believe me, I still keep track of this because I still have a, well, I, I don't have it on me, but I, I, I remember seeing this a, a few years ago where I had a calendar where I kept track of all the movies I watched. And within like the space of like maybe like a calendar month or two, Predator, Robocop, Total Recall, Blade, Deep Rising, yeah, uh, you know, Pulp Fiction, and I, I think there's maybe like one or two others, and it was like you know just 
bang, 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 bang. Like all these like, you know, hyper violent, ultra graphic bloodshed filled kind of action films. And yeah. it was just this weird thing where it was kind of like, why am I not watching horror movies if that's what they're based on? Like if my parents said, you know, don't watch all that, you know, graphic and violent stuff, then, you know, why am I watching this? And I'm totally fine. So it was just kind of like a, a curiosity thing. And it, it took me a while. I, I can't say I immediately became a fan, but um, I, I've always, and this is going to, you know, date me more than anything, but it wasn't until Bright of Chucky came out. And that to me is like the first film that was kind of like, oh, okay, well, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's, you know, maybe there's more to horror than I, I thought, because I wasn't really a fan of a lot of the stuff before. I had seen beforehand and it was uh, mm -hmm. Bride of Chucky. That was kind of the one that, you know, launched me into being a horror fan. And, and, you know, it was kind of like, you know, touch and go. I was, you know, action movies. I was into, you know, horror, you know, kind of like, you know, it was like one and two kind of. And probably by the time I hit my early 20s, it was kind of more like, you know, horror started getting further and further up and I was watching more and more. And I, I would probably say it's probably been for like maybe like the last decade, decade plus where horror is like 98% of what I watch, you know, I'll cleanse the palate with a, you know, martial arts or Kung Fu movie or two and, you know, like a Godzilla movie or something like that. But at, at least like maybe 98% plus would be horror films and, you know, other stuff like that. And it, it's been like that for, like I said, maybe about a decade now. Oh, that's interesting. I uh, I don't want to say I had a similar horror origin, um, horror gin, but uh, <laughs> there is something similar in which we both had a very heavily Catholic upbringing. Um, and I wonder if I don't know if I got any Catholics listening to this right now, and you may agree or disagree. But I think there's a lot of horror in like the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and like going to and like anyone who's seen Passion of the Christ, like that's a very yeah. horrific film. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, for me, because like I said, I was more of like the Roman Catholic version. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I think I don't know if that was kind of I mean, I've never really studied the differences between the two. And it would be it would actually be interesting to like, you know, compare like the different versions and you know offshoots and stuff like that but yeah at least in as much as what i remember like it was very 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 heavily like they used fear as not like an intimidation tactic but like a teaching tool where don't do that you'll end up in hell or you'll end in purgatory or something like that where it wasn't really like they put the fear of god in you but it was more like you know just don't do that and you'll be fine like that was really mm -hmm. kind of like what it was like growing up where like I said, you're not using it to like, you know, scare the crap out of you, but it was more like, if you don't do it, you're fine. So, you know, just don't do it. Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder if that sort of upbringing inadvertently creates horror fans. Cause a lot of people, cause I went to Catholic school and a lot of kids I uh -huh. went to Catholic school with who I'm still friends with, we all like horror movies. And I'm thinking about, I'm like, you know, there's like some Catholic vibes in movies like The Exorcist and The Conjuring. <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder if uh, there's like kind of like this kind of subversive. I don't know. I don't know. I just think there's a line between growing up Catholic and into uh, becoming a horror fan, which I think is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, like I said, it's not like I was we were um, we you know, we were like. We, you know, we were like last lapsed Catholics in the truest sense, but it was still more like the the teachings were still very much there. 
and the, yeah. the mindset was still very, very, very heavily and very strongly um, imposed throughout my childhood. So yeah, it, it for was, sure. Yeah, it was never really a sense where it was like you know, okay, well, you know, Sunday morning, let's head to church and that kind of stuff. But it was always you know, just be the proper person, be you know, the kind, generous person, and you know, do the right thing, and you'll be fine. But yeah, like the oh yeah the. Yeah, it was still very much like, you know, something I still remember very prominently from my childhood. For sure. Uh, do you remember when you first saw Godzilla? I do. So this would be, um, I, I was actually into Godzilla earlier. Uh, Godzilla predates um, horror movies by a substantial degree. And, and in fact, Godzilla actually introduced me to the concept of movies. Oh, nice. Kind of a shock to go from like Thomas the Tank Engine and reading Rainbow and Sesame Street to, um, well, my first movie wasn't really Godzilla. It was actually Rodan. Um, okay. But yeah, it, it's same thing where it was kind of like a, a, a just surreal experience. And uh, I, I still remember vividly because um, it was a case where I'd, um, I, I had stumbled upon the movie Rodan uh, through this project that we had done from school. We were given this assignment. It was I, I believe it was third or fourth grade. I, I always say third, but I, I maybe it's fourth. I don't remember. But we were given this assignment where we had 10 questions on the sheet. Um, we were supposed to use that as an outline to interview our parents with. And we were supposed to ask them questions. And then we were supposed to provide answers ourselves as to how we would answer the question. Um, you know, stuff like, you know, what did you do on the weekends? What were your favorite snacks? What would you, you know, your favorite subjects in school stuff like that but the whole point of it was to teach you how to do a compare and contrast essay because you were to you know take a couple of answers from your parents and contrast them with how you answered the question so it was like you know getting you into like writing essays and like comparing and contrasting stuff so my dad was and you know my dad's a little bit older than a lot of people my age um their parents were so he actually grew up in like the 50s and 60s whereas a lot of um a lot of like my parents, the, the parents of my schooling, they were like late 60s, early 70s. So my dad was always um, like at the drive-ins. So he was mm -hmm. like really big into that. And like I said, one of the things on the, you know, he'd do on the weekends was, you know, he'd go to the beach all day and then, you know, he'd relax and go to the drive-in. And um, he started naming off movies and he, he mentioned, you know, he mentioned like a lot of the 50s and 60s classics. You know, all the Harry Housen stuff, all the, you know, 50s sci-fi giant bug movies. And, and you know, you're, you're, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you're, you're seeing like, you know, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, you know, Jack the Giant Killer. It came from beneath the sea, 20 million miles from Earth. And then all of a sudden it's just like, you know, you pops Rodan in there. And it's kind of one of those where it's like, okay, that one kind of sticks out just because it's so bizarre from like all the other stuff. And mm -hmm. he said, you know, it was something like, you know, I, I don't remember much about it. It was just something like a giant dinosaur or something. And to like a six, like a six year old, it's kind of like one of those was like, you know, key buzzwords. It's like, ooh, I want to see that. And so that yeah. led to, you know, me tracking it down. And I remember because it was on cable TV one time and my grandmother had cable. We didn't. So I had asked her to tape the movie for me. And I remember getting the tape back when, you know, after it was on, after it was shown. And I remember sneaking down into like the middle of the room, you know, like the, the living room in the middle of the night and putting the tape on and, you know, not trying to like let anybody know what was going on. But I, I still remember vividly just like the way that like, my face was hurting just smiling, being engrossed in everything that was happening. And it was kind of like this, it's an, it's one of like the, the prominent images and like the, the things in my head that I, I, I don't know if I'll ever really forget. And it, it wasn't very, I wasn't very much longer after that, that I saw Godzilla. And 
I don't have a traditional one um, as like my first Godzilla movie. It's uh, Terror of Mecha Godzilla, actually. Um, that was oh, uh, the, nice. that was the first one. Yeah, I had seen images because they were they were they were hyping up the showing of the movie because it was one of those, and I still have this to this day because I didn't want to tape over it. I still have it to this day, and it was TNT Saturday Afternoon Monster Vision. It wasn't the Joe Bob stuff. It was the the, the Saturday Afternoon Matinee stuff. And they had several Godzilla movies. Um, you know, they had the original. They had um, Mothra versus Godzilla, or Godzilla versus the Thing, Godzilla versus Monster Zero, and they had uh, Godzilla's Revenge and Terra Mecha Godzilla. So I I did get to see him through that, but it wasn't until uh, Mecha Godzilla came out. I think two or three weeks later when I first actually remember seeing him and. If it, you know, may, may give a little spoiler here, that's kind of one of the reasons why I brought him up on our show. Uh, that movie specifically. <laughs> um, I mean, you know um, how much I, how I feel about that, but um, I, I think that's one of the just greatest entrances I've ever seen. Um, just the first time you see him on camera, and like I said, it was the first time I'd ever I had seen him personally, and it was just like, oh my god, like this this guy just looks awesome and. Yeah, I mean, I, I the movie's not really one of my favorites, but it, it just holds so much sentimental value to me just because of that. And seeing him in action for the first time, and, you know, it's a film where he's the good guy. So it was kind of like one where I was like always yeah. on his side, like rooting for him. And, and you know, you, you build him up and, you know, you have the battle with the two monsters in the film and you see him like how he's struggling. And, you know, he he wins the first fight when all the, you know, Titanosaurus retreats. And then, you know, the second fight, Titanosaurus and Mechagodzilla beat him. And then he has that triumphant return in the second act. And, you know, he, you know, I mean, it's a Godzilla movie, so I'm not going to say it's a spoiler to, you know, announce that he won at the end. But <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it was one of those where I was like, you know, I was like on his side and I was like triumphing and I was like rooting him on. And I, I still remember like being excited when, you know, you see him, you know, blow the Mechagodzilla remains up and, you know, he wins the day and all that. And like I said, it's been one where I, I, I recognize the movie's not the greatest now, but just the the nostalgia of seeing that and seeing that he was, you know, this big imposing guy. He looked really cool. Like, I mean, I didn't know it was a guy in a suit, but, you know, he had the great look. He had the great presence. You know, he did the right thing and he was the good guy. So it was one of those where just I, I kind of like latched onto him. And that was one where I was I, I just I, I kind of like fell in love from there. And I think like the week after was the original. So it was kind of like a little shocked to see him like be the bad guy. But it it, it, it was just one of those where I think it just clicked. And it, it, he's been a part of me ever since. That's awesome. I love how it's like it's truly love at first sight. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I jokingly said this and it's not too far off. But um, yeah, I. I I have said that he's raised me as much as my parents have um, just with the amount of time I've, mm. you know, watched his movies and, you know, like how long he's been around in my life. Cause I'm like six or seven years old, maybe a little bit older, but like at that age, when you see something and, you know, you, it just sticks out and it's like that impressive, like that it just stays with you. So like I said, yeah, he's oh, kind yeah. of like been one where, you know, like he's, been, he's been involved and he's kind of like, you know, raised me as much as my parents have. So. That's awesome. So it wouldn't be too wrong to assume that you have a great appreciation and nostalgia for the the Showa era of Godzilla. Yeah, um, I mean, this is, I would say, 
early 90s. So we're thinking like 93, 94, 95. Um, the Heisei's around, but I'm not aware of it. Um, at this stage, I'm just more aware of like what's on TV. So right. It, yeah. Um, and, you know, I managed to, you know, dig around and I'd find, uh, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla or Gidra the yeah. Three-Headed Monster, Destroy All Monsters. And I, you know, like a couple of the other 70s stuff, but it wasn't where like the the, the Heisei hadn't come out to America yet officially. And it wasn't until um, I discovered G-Fan. I, I think I, I actually still have a lot of the issues when I was subscribed to that. So like <laughs> 90 495-ish is when I first got wind of that. And that is what led me to realizing um, the Heisei era was around. And a, a lot of the other like incidental stuff, because I I wasn't really aware of any other giant monster movies. Uh, the only ones that I was really aware of was, like I said, Rodan was one. I'd seen Mothra and probably, um, you know, Frankenstein Conquers the World and War of the Gargantulas was like the only ones that I really knew of. And it wasn't until, uh, you know, I looked up, looked them up and, you know, you saw, you know, Mysterians and, you, you know, King Kong Escapes, um, Dobra and yeah. a, a lot of the other stuff that it, it kind of started like filling in the blanks and, you know, made me aware of like, you know, not just Godzilla, but, you know, Gamera, because I, I had no idea who he was, you know, other stuff like, you know, Yungari. Uh, Reptilicus, Gorgo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was probably like right when I like really started exploring that. And like, you know, that was kind of like the, the two punch of like the stuff that I was into, which was, you know, you, you you get your giant monsters and then you get your, you know, action movie stuff. So that was kind of like my childhood was was most of, was mostly that where, you know, one weekend I'd, you know, be renting Gap of the Trifibian monster and then the next weekend I'd be, you know, on a Dolph Lundgren kick, but that, that was kind of like my childhood. <laughs> I love that. I can relate because I also had a childhood dominated by Godzilla. Godzilla was one of my favorites um, growing up. I'm a little younger than you, but I remember when I was little, the... No, some people still get mad when this movie's mentioned, but I'm going to mention it anyways. The 98 American Godzilla with Matthew Broderick. I was yeah. like four or five when that was coming out. So oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like the marketing push. I remember the Taco Bell commercial with the Chihuahua going like, yo quiero taco. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, he said that, but it's the one where he's like, I think I'm going to need a bigger box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like all that shit. I mean, toys were everywhere. I, ha I had a little Halloween costume. So, but my... Nostal my true nostalgia really comes from well i had a vh my mom got me a vhs of godzilla versus mecha godzilla hmm. i watched that yeah you you had terror of mecha godzilla i had godzilla versus mecha godzilla and i don't remember if it's the first one i've seen but i do remember it's the VHS one that I had, that in the the 98 version. And I had a few others on DVD, but I'm getting kind of... But the order in which I watched the Godzilla movies, I don't remember. Yeah, um, same here. Sense <laughs> says it would be Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. But I don't know, that was in the early days of DVDs, so I'd go back and forth between, you know? Um, yeah. That was back in the day when the machines had both VHS and DVD players. And those... I mean, that was cool. So it wasn't that hard to go back and forth, but I had a box set 
of Godzilla movies. I had the original. You might have had the same box set, too, at some point, because I think it was really popular. But it had the original Godzilla. I believe I know it had Mothra versus Godzilla. I believe it had Son of Godzilla, Terror of Mechagodzilla, and I believe Rodan for the ones in this box. It sounds familiar. I had a yeah, I had a couple sets on VHS. There was one I had that had it was Sea Monster, Son of Godzilla, mm-hmm. Godzilla versus Gigan, and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. That that wasn't one of the first ones I got because I, I picked up a couple I, I picked up a couple on VHS before that and then that was like the big set that I had. Oh you know what I did have too was uh, I had a DVD of King Kong versus Godzilla, and that one was on a pretty good heavy rotation. <laughs> I loved, I loved that movie. Oh, nice! Yeah, I, I think I had a few myself growing up. Uh, I think I had the big um, DVD set. Um, I want to say it was Media Blasters, but it's too far away, and I don't want to interrupt the set just to go grab it. <laughs> but it was the DVD set with uh, the original, and it had uh, the Japanese version with the American Godzilla raids again, Mothra versus Godzilla. Ghidra, Monster Zero, Raids Again, and Terror of Mecha Godzilla. So I ended up with like three different copies of that one because I yeah. still had, yeah, because I still had the um, the VHS version that I taped off of Monster Vision. So yeah, um, those were like the the big sets I remember getting because I remember the we had the VHS first, and then when we upgraded to DVD, we had to like go back and rebuy everything. So yeah. that's when I went. In, that's when I went ahead and I got I, I guess the Media Blasters or whatever set that is the. The one that has all the older um, dubs, because I, I know the new Criterion one doesn't have the the old dubs, because they have right. Yeah, because they have uh, the international versions, because that has the it's the, the the Japanese versions with the new dub on it, so it's not the American re-edits. Because I know the American, um, I know the U.S. re-edited Raids Again, we re-edited Mothra, because the. Mm-hmm. Because Mothra has the missile attack on the Mer- that the American Navy does. That's not in the Japanese version, right? And right. yeah, because that one that one's different. And then I think they tweaked. I don't think I think it was a major change, but I think they tweaked Ghidra a little. Ghidra was tweaked a little, and then um, I think the other the other one that had it was Monster Zero because they switched the theme song out. Because if you watch the Japanese version, they have the the bouncing like jaunty theme. Like it's the one that they play at the end with the the military when they're putting their plan into action and they're attacking the saucers. Mm-hmm. When the tanks are when their tanks are playing and you got all like the sci-fi stuff going on, that theme is playing in that sequence. That's playing over the opening credits. But then when the American one one came out. They replaced it with that creepy little sci-fi thing that they play when they arrive on Planet X. Mm, I um, gotcha. Yeah, and then um, I think in the 70s, Gigan got edited down because of the violence. Yeah, isn't that the first one where Godzilla bleeds? Yeah, um, I, I think they're... I don't remember if he did in in Hedorah. I don't remember if he did because I remember the sequence where he goes to punch it and he pulls his hand out and his hand's smoking. Because mm-hmm. that was during, um, I, I think it's the I think it's the fight in the city. I think that's the first the 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 first or second time that they fight. I think he goes to punch him and he his hand goes through it and he pulls it out and his hand starts smoking. So I don't know if that that would count, but I think like definitive blood loss. I think it is Gigan. 
because there's the one where during one of the flybys when he when Gagan goes with the buzzsaw he hits him in the shoulder and you see that huge spurt come out yeah and then he, you know he hammers him again with the claws and he draws the blood from the forehead and yeah he gives him a little yeah. bonk <laughs> yeah, he gives him a couple bonks, and then he, I think um, Anguirus gets it too, where um, they, they actually did it so hard that it actually splattered over and hit the camera. Mm. So yeah, um, I remember that one being all cut out, and then Megalon was also another one that they edited out because there was a lot of... Well, I guess they should say that there was uh, some adult magazines uh, in the, the film uh, pretty frequently. <laughs> so yeah, that one was edited down, I believe... Both Mecha Godzillas were slightly edited uh, as well because I, I I know Terra Mecha Godzilla was another one that was very very heavily edited because they did there's one version which is on the DVD version that I didn't see on the Criterion one where they added this bizarre intro where they kind of like do this recap of Godzilla's adventures but they take all these various like it's kind of like a Godzilla's Revenge thing where they take like snippets from all these various films and they try to piece it together to show Godzilla's history and like you know he goes from like this destroyer and you know like this being that's there to just like you know wreak havoc and destroy everybody and then he kind of like becomes a protector and it kind of like goes back and forth and kind of like explains his history and then mm. it crashes into um the repeat of Mechagodzilla to like bring you back up where it's the, you know, battle with the the revealed Mechagodzilla and the finery and then the final battle at the end. And then I, I can't remember if there's anything in Mecha in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, but like I said, I know Terror Mechagodzilla was also very heavily edited. So I remember having all of those on the, the DVD sets, but then I don't know why they're not like included on the Criterion set, but I at least have the the old school versions on DVD that still have, you know, the old dubs. They still have the old cuts yeah. and the old edits. So, yeah, uh, that, that's always it, been good. Oh, I was just going to say, it would be funny if they didn't really edit down Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, but they edited down Godzilla versus Gigan. Because I, I think, personally, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla is way more violent than Godzilla versus Gigan. Like I said, it was, it's been, uh, it's been like, you know, 20 some odd years now so i i'm really going off of memory here i think a couple of the edits were just the um apes when they get shot when they're humans mm. and they get shot i think those are edited and then maybe uh, a few scenes of like you know the final battle when he's like you know just spurting blood like a fountain off the side that particular shot may have been edited but i don't think it was completely cut because i do remember seeing when i remember watching it for the first time i do remember seeing him being bloody oh i remember when um mecha godzilla is still in the godzilla disguise and he tears poor angiris's tongue out out <laughs> yeah <laughs> That, yeah, I remember that as well, yeah. That was brutal. Still, I mean, what I don't know why I'm saying was. That is brutal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember where in the order I saw that one, but I remember being just like, oh my God, wow. But yeah. it was always weird. I, the thing is, is that I never, I can always remember thinking it was, ne it's not Godzilla. It's not Godzilla. He's not going to do that. Because <laughs> because they never changed the roar. And they still keep the Mecha Godzilla raw on him. And even yeah. at a young age, I still remember that distinctly because it was always, wait, Godzilla doesn't sound like that. <laughs> and, you know, you, you hear that, you know, just like rhythmic clomping. And it was like, that's not Godzilla. So it was always like one of those where I remember, I do, I do distinctly remember thinking that wasn't Godzilla, that that was, 
I didn't know it was a robot, but I knew that that wasn't the original Godzilla. And I thought that was, yeah. I mean, you know, like the title is not going to give it away. Like, you know, you dumbass. But it was always one where it's like, OK, I know that that's not Godzilla. You know, is he going to come in and he's going to, you know, fight the, you know, imposter, which I mean, he does. But <laughs> it was always one of those where it's like, OK, that's not Godzilla. That, you know, is it going to be one where, you know, like he's going to have to, you know, team up with this other version of himself? Because right. I, you remember like the the prophecy where it's like you know the two monsters and it's like you know king caesar is like a complete non-factor but it's like okay the two monsters is that going to be two versions of godzilla and he's going to have to like get this other version that just beat the crap out of his friend is he going to have to have him come in and like you know try to team up and you know face down mecha godzilla and like how is this thing gonna you know, like impact in the storyline and all that i i do remember thinking that because I was always aware, like, there was always just, like, I remember distinctly that it was never really Godzilla. Because there was always, like, just too many weird things, like, you know, like the roar, the clomping. It, it just, it was never really, like, imprinted in my head, like, that's Godzilla doing that. Like, that's Godzilla doing that. It was always one of those where I was always kind of, like, aware that that's not him. Yeah. And then when the real one shows up, it was kind of like, oh, well, okay, yeah, thank God. And then they do the reveal, and it's like, okay, he was the robot all along. It was like... Yeah, like I said earlier, you know, like the title doesn't give it away, but I, I do distinctly remember that. <laughs> I I just remember being like, damn, God, because I don't I, I think it had me fooled. But I remember that was one of the first ones I saw. I don't think it was the first one I saw, but I do remember it was being one of the first. Time, and I just remember, being like, damn, Godzilla, that's his tongue. He needs that. <laughs> Like I said, it, it did take me a couple of viewings to realize that he didn't pull his tongue out. He actually just dislocated his jaw. That's still pretty nasty. Yeah. It, like I said, yeah, <laughs> it, it was one of those because I, I was like you. I actually did think that he did pull the jaw out because he has like that whimpering cry yeah. when he's like when he's like, you know, scampering back to the hole. So it's like, did he rip the tongue out? Because like the hands close to it when he goes to grab, you know, like when he slams mm-hmm. him down and then he like grabs his head and tries to yanking like you do see like the thumb like really close to it so it's kind of like did he really and it, it did take me a few while a few takes to you know realize oh he actually just pulled his jaw apart but uh, yeah I, I i thought it was the tongue coming out but i haven't seen it since i was a kid yeah like i said i i thought that too and it took me a while to realize that he actually just dislocated his jaw that's what he did mm, i uh I, I, I mean yeah it's still pretty graphic but yeah no i, I was with you i did think that he did pull the tongue out and it wasn't until I'd seen it maybe two or three other times after that that I realized he did. It, 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 he actually just dislocated his jaw and like yanked it to the side. Yeah, I um trying to think of some of the other Godzilla movies because I, I didn't have too many growing up, but I did have what I thought were bangers um, and I still do. <laughs> I still think they are bangers. Um, but in like DVDs, kind of like one-off DVDs, I remember I had, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, which absolute banger. I had Godzilla 2000, which I remember my mom took me to go see in theaters. And then I had Godzilla Tokyo SOS. Yeah, I had, I, I I remember I had other than 2000, 2000 I had on VHS. I, I had that one on, that was like the last one I bought on VHS. But I, I actually had uh, the Millennium series on DVD. Um, I, I had, I don't remember, did I, I, I may have had GMK. No, it was Mega Girls that I didn't have. Mega Girls was the mm. only one I didn't own. But I had uh, GMK, the two Mega Godzilla ones, and Final Wars on DVD. I, I do remember having those because I remember Final Wars had that 20-minute little behind-the-scenes stuff. 
where mm-hmm. they're like on the set and you know like they're showing like the, the battles with the, the Kumunga and I, I think it's the I, I don't remember if it's the Rodan attack on New York or if it's the sequence where he arrives and he's rampaging just before uh, the fight with uh, Kaiser Ghidorah. I don't remember which one, but I do remember seeing like some of the sequences where they're showing like the behind the scenes with the city of destruction and they're like preparing for the battle and stuff like that. But yeah, I remember having um, GMK and then the two, the two Mecha Godzilla ones and then uh, final wars on DVD. But uh, Godzilla 2000 was the last one. I do remember buying on VHS. Cause I had that one. I had that one on V. I, I remember that one was like the last one I bought. Cause it was like one of those where Suncoast was going out of business the um, the one that was near me was going out of business, so I like stocked up and bought like all of the the stuff that they had there, and that was one. And I think I had a couple of the Hazai ones as well, because I I remember having a two pack with King Ghidorah and Mothra, um, the, mm-hmm. the the ninety versions. I remember having those, and I believe I also had Destoroya as well. Oh, and Biolante, Biolante. I remember getting that one as well. So I I had all of the um, so I had like pretty much most of the the Hazai ones on VHS, and then I had the Millennium ones on DVD, which was you know, you know kind of weird, but at least it filled in all of the filled in all the gaps, I guess. Yeah. What are your feelings on the current era of Godzilla? The let's see. Um, we'll go in order. Um, I like the MonsterVerse. I don't love it. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy the, the the 2014 one, but I do think that there are a lot of issues with it. I, I do want to see him more. I mean, it, <laughs> I, I think that's the, the, the big overriding factor there. When he is on screen, I do like it. I do think that there's some good scenes there. I, I mean, the intro to that is fantastic. The, you know, sequence that the airport i think is just fantastic um mm-hmm. the final fight with the final fight with the moodle was really good i really like it wish the monster would have been um more of a challenge because it doesn't really look like it's the design that would really put up much of a struggle against it and i mean i i kind of do understand because they made them a pair but I, I i do enjoy it uh the story could probably be streamlined a little but it, it's good i don't consider it great but I, I still really enjoy it i i do really like uh king of the monsters i think that one's a lot of fun just a you know no nonsense just get as much on screen as possible <laughs> I, I, I agree I do, re- I, I do really like that and i do like that it does make up for a lot of you know the lack of screen time again it's not a story that i do think is really that well developed maybe take another pass at it but I, I do enjoy the the evolution of Monarch in there. I, I do really like the way that they continue them with that. And that is one of the, the few things that I do really like outside of the monsters in um, King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's just another one where I, I would kind of like a little bit more like an overarching story. Kong is one I haven't had a lot of time to um, process yet because it's one... I didn't see it in the theaters. Um, mm-hmm. I... I, I didn't see it in theater, so I, I kind of had to wait for it to drop on home video. So it's one where I don't have um, as familiar, I'm not as familiar with it. I find it a little awkward how they incorporate Skull Island into this, where it kind of retcons a lot of stuff. And it just feels a little weird where they're kind of explaining a bunch of stuff where, oh, the, you know, Skull Island was just a, you know, infant, like it's, you know, not fully grown yet. And 
we have to, you know, like let this 50 foot monster grow to like 300 foot size. But when they do clash, it's fun. I, I do like a lot of their battles. Um, the the nighttime battle is just fantastic. Um, I think that's in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. The, with all like the neon lighting, the, the neon, the neon yeah. lighting. Yeah, I, I, I always forget where that one takes place. I think that's Hong it's Kong. Hong Kong. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's that battle's fantastic. I really like that. And it, it does show like the they're evenly matched. Mechagodzilla is just, you know, again, it's another one of those where it's, he just feels really awkward and shoehorned into it. I don't think you needed him. I mean, I, I do understand because you don't want to have a definitive, you know, a definitive winner between the two. But I, I, I don't like the way he just becomes shoehorned in where it's kind of, I, I, I mean, I always thought that, you know, the proper way to do it was to have made, you know, like tie it in with Pacific Rim and made him like a Jaeger. Like Mechagodzilla was yeah. like a Jaeger design. Like I always thought you could have done that and kind of like, you know, tied everything in where, you know, it turns out that all of these, you know, sightings and all of, you know, like you, you kind of tie it in with like King of the Monsters where like all of the, you know, mutants and all these variant species that are found are, you know, beings that came through from the, you know, open hole in the Pacific Rim and all that. You could have done that. But I, I again, it's just a film where I'm not complete. I, I, I haven't had as much time to sit with it as the others. For... I like, Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, well, I like how they use Mechagodzilla in it. I did I... see it in theaters. So... Mm. That can make a difference too. Maybe, um, yeah. I, I don't but, know. It just, it, it, for me, it just feels weird bringing him up in the third act, in the third film. All of a sudden, like you know, you're trying to tie in Skull Island already, and you know, you're yeah. you're connecting the two film. You know, you're collecting the lore from the two films, and then you're bringing Skull Island into the mix. Like that's already a heavy enough story. Like now <laughs> you're introducing, you know, now you're introducing like this new threat to them. I, I mean, I I understand the inclusion. It's just one of those where I, he, he just feels a little clunky. Uh, again, maybe that can be something that just dissipates over time. And but... I, 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 I do see that for sure. What I like about the MonsterVerse movies is they they remind me of the Showa movies. And those yeah. are clunky. They're, you know, <laughs> there's like, yeah. really? You're going to do that? But if that results like in seeing, I don't know, crazy ass stuff like Godzilla flying through the air to double kick Megalon... Or uh, what we see in the monster verse, like King Ghidorah flying Godzilla up into space and then dropping him. <laughs> like there's there's some yeah. fun wacky stuff, um, especially in King of the Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong, in my opinion. But the yeah. reason why I like the inclusion of Mecha Godzilla a lot, and you're you're right, they did have a problem with Godzilla versus Kong because it's like you don't want to pick an outright winner. They do. It's Godzilla. Godzilla right. killed Kong and then they had to resuscitate him. So Godzilla won, but you can't kill King Kong. But you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Not for good. I, Cause yeah, um, I, I think I would probably have liked it a little more if he definitively beat him, but not killed him. And then the whole resuscitation thing, that was always a really weird part of the film I, I i don't know if that would probably if that would have gotten rid of getting rid of that would have made it a little better but I, I do think that if the two fought and godzilla came out the clear victory but he didn't like deliver a ko punch i don't know if that would have fixed it like either, i said I, I don't know either yeah but the reason why i do like the inclusion of mecha godzilla is it gives a reason for godzilla to become a heel again and in the MonsterVerse, that Godzilla hasn't had that role yet. So when you put the two icons together, 
one of them has to be a heel. And I think Godzilla is the better choice for that. I think King Kong's always going to be like the easier one to sympathize and root for. And also, yeah, I like but- see- I like seeing Godzilla be bad. <laughs> um, I, I do agree. I, I do like those. I, I do like the early show more. Mm-hmm. I, I do like the, the early ones where he's like the, the clear bad guy. I do like those a little bit better than him being the hero. Um, even, you know, films like, well, even like Destroy All Monsters where he, he's still himself, but it just so happens that what he's doing benefits mankind. I do like. Right. Yeah, I, I, I do like the earlier Showa ones, um, like the first five or six up until, um, well, he doesn't really turn until Ghidorah. But I, I do like the first, you know, four and a half, I guess. I, I do like those a little bit more. You know, you know, Monster Zero, you know, he's he's on the way. He, you know, he's still like, you know, they the influence of the aliens helps a, a lot, um, you know, in the second act where, you know, they send him on the rampage. But it, it's still one where, you know, like as soon as he's out of their control, like the first thing he does is kick the rock at him. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like, OK, well, you know, I'm still here to pick the fight. So he's still not completely like the bad guy. And then, you know, like in Destroy All Monsters, again, he's kind of like the bad guy. But he he's still doing things that just they they inadvertently help mankind. Yeah. So, yeah, it, like I said, those, the the earlier show ones are or I, I do enjoy those a lot more. And I, I like I said, I, I am a huge fan of the Millennium ones. I, I know that those are really stupid and awkward and they have their <laughs> they all have their own feelings, but I, I do really enjoy those a lot because I, I do find those really fun. And so yeah, I, I do think that he probably works a little bit better as the bad guy, but it, it like I said, I I don't know if it would be a case where I would probably have to just spend a little bit more time with it and get used to the idea of what it's done here because the idea is not bad yeah i i don't know just like the first time i watched it i always felt like it was just a he was in mecha godzilla was just awkwardly included into the film because i don't know if it you you do need to you know not kill either one because you're not going to have kong and godzilla be kill each other like you're not going to have you know you're not you're not going to kill either one in the the middle of the movie but yeah maybe it's just one where I, i need to you know just spend a little bit more time with it and maybe just get used to the idea a little bit more. But I, I, I do like the series as a whole. Um, I don't know where we're going with uh, the new, the new one coming later this year. We're going pink. That's where we're going. <laughs> like I said, I, I don't know if the color choice is putting me off. I don't know if, uh, you know, my, uh, you know, lack of experience with uh, the the first GM, you know, the first Godzilla versus Kong is one that I need to, you know, rectify by the time that that arrives. But uh, I, 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 like I said, I, I really enjoy it. I actually enjoy it a little bit more than the um, the, the the last uh, the anime series. I, I know mm-hmm. I like the I know I like it better than those. I I, I think the second one again is the, the the best of the three. I. Don't know their names. I've only seen them once. My friend had a Netflix account, and I was mooching off of that, so I've only seen them the once. Um, I'll let you figure out why I've only seen them the once. Well, um, I I wouldn't be able to guess. I haven't seen any of the animes. Oh, um, yeah, they're they're not bad. Uh, the 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 animated style is always one of the the big things for me because I'm I'm not a huge fan of Japanese animation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's always been one where I've never really gotten into it. I, I'm not an anime fan. I don't watch Crunchyroll. Um, I, I don't do any of that stuff. So, uh, a lot of anime is just really weird to me. And it's kind of 
not off-putting, but it's just one where I don't actively seek it out. So yeah. the, the, the style's kind of awkward, but it's one where I, I think it fits because the, the spectacle of the story is much grander than what you could do in live action. And I, I think that's kind of what I like about it is that it, it does go so big because Godzilla's become so much of a menace and he's, you, you know, if you don't know this, the, the general gist of the storyline, and I'm only going off memory here because I've seen this once. The, the general gist is that he's become so much of a menace and he's attacked humanity and, you know, fighting other monsters, but just like, you know, okay, I'm going to, you know, attack the other monsters. But then as soon as I'm done with that, I'm, you know, as soon as I kill them, I'm going to, you know, just continue and ravage the city and, you know, destroy the city after I've, you know, accomplished what I've, what I, you know, started the fight. He's gotten to the point where he's made earth uninhabitable and, mm humanity has created this uh, device that allows them to venture into space and the, they establish colonies out there. And it's several hundred years after the fact, they decide to come back to earth, to check to see if it's, you know, livable again and find that not only has, you know, the earth is acceptable, but it's not ideal. And most of that is because Godzilla has now become, I shudder to use the word gargantuan but let's just say the the size that he is in uh the millennium in the heisei films is the biggest he's been on in movies where he's i i think i think they gave the estimation like 330 feet tall when they returned earth godzilla's 900 feet tall wow yeah um so yeah that that's kind of like you know he's become just you know too much to deal with you know where earth may be survivable but he you know he's still too much and it just becomes a battle of trying to you know survive on the island you know survive on earth long enough to get back to outer space again if i'm missing anything i apologize i've seen them the one time and again i'm not the biggest anime fan so it's kind of hard to you know get into and gauge what was going on but I, I I do like the action. I do like the story. I think it's one that's intriguing, but it's also another one where I, I understand why they did it in anime because you can't do that kind of storyline in live action. That thing would just cost so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, and then real quickly, I'm actually not a huge fan of Shin Godzilla. I don't really find that one all that interesting. A lot of people I like that one. I know. Like I said, it's kind of weird. I have a specific reason why. It's because I I, I call this the Neon Evangelion Godzilla, and <laughs> I don't like Neon. I don't like Neon Genesis. I don't like Evangelion. To mm-hmm. me, I understand the appeal. I I, I do. I genuinely like. I, I do genuinely get the appeal of what's going on. But I never like the idea of Godzilla standing in one location, firing up to max power, and in one location destroying the city in one location. Like, I, I know that that's a little, I, that symbolizes his, you know, connection with the atomic bomb and all that, you know, much clearer than anything that they've ever done. But he's always been, to me, he's always been more like the shockwave of the bomb rather than, you know, just the, the singular point of detonation where he moves slowly and it's the rippling effect of him slowly approaching. And that to me has always been what I like most about him is that he's always charging forward instead of just standing still and powering up and just letting the beam fly. That's never been what I like about him. And that's what I don't like about Shin is that that's essentially what he does is he stands in one spot, fires up to the maximum and then lets the beam go and then just 
obliterates Tokyo in one go instead of, you know, rampaging through the city and, like, you know, using his body, his mass, his, you know, mm-hmm. lashing out and physically doing that city by row by row by row by row and doing it that way rather than just, well, I'm going to stand here, power up and, you know, be lazy and just, you know, fire the beam and blow half the city away at once. That to me has never been like the essence of the character. I, I, I know that that's actually, that evokes the atomic bomb much closer because that's actually what it did, but it's just, it, the actions have just never been what I, what I appreciate Godzilla to be. And that's always the one reason why I've never really been a big fan of that one. That's fair. I do appreciate that it it is a very different take on Godzilla. And then I also appreciate that we only have one Shin Godzilla. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like that, it that, as a one off. Yeah. Yeah, that does make that does you know, that does give it a little bit of uniqueness because it is it, it does it doesn't really feel like a reboot necessarily. It feels more like a, this weird timeline where it's yeah. just the one. So, yeah, I, I, I do like that. And I mean, again, it's another one where, it's, you know, again, it ties back into the original and, you know, kind of uses the original as a launching point. But I, I, again, it just everything about the movie is fine. I, I, I like the spectacle. I like the action. Yeah. I like the well, the commentary on, you know, politics is not that interesting because I'm not Japanese and I don't I wasn't around when, you know, the Fukushima erupted. So mm-hmm. that kind of stuff's not really that interesting. But I, I do enjoy the central core of the story. I do yeah. like the way it ties into the original. I do like the spectacle of, you know, the evolution of Godzilla, because it's one where you never see his evolution at all. It's one of the only ones. And I, um, Godzilla minus one does it as well to a slight degree. But it's one where you never see him evolve and you never see like the stages of life. You see that in his opponents. You see that in, yeah. uh, you know, Hidora. Like you see that. Yeah, Orga, you see it. Hidora, you see it. Desroya, you see it. You see like an uh, evolution. Bailante, right? Oh, Bailante, another one, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you, you do see, you know, you see that evolution take place in the opponents, but you don't see it in him. And I do like the way that we treat him we do we do treat Godzilla in that sense throughout the film where you see the various stages you know like the the one that comes ashore and the you know second form that kind of you know attacks and then you finally get the big mass of 300 foot tall skyscraper being at the very end but yeah it's always been just the way that they treat him and that's always kind of been like the one thing that kind of turns me off to it the most you know again the politics is another issue but that was always my takeaway against it when I first saw it and it's always been one that's kind of lingered with me ever since, but that's always kind of why I've never really been a big fan of Shin. I don't know if you've seen uh, minus one, but oh, um, yes. yeah. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, we minus gotta one, on to, we got to move on to minus one. I mean, that's kind of like the big thing right now. The thing people right, are really yeah. excited about, which when this episode drops, we're going to be in that halfway point between minus one's release and I think people are still, you know, going to be excited about that. And then yeah, the release of yeah, the new I Godzilla think, versus Kong. Um, yeah, because I think they're going to try to, I don't know if it's been officially announced yet, but I think they're probably going to try to do the black and white version to try to capitalize on. Yeah, the, the I new heard Kong that. One. I am so intrigued by that. I mean, I, I, I can't wait to see what that first attack in the jungle is going to look like. I can't wait to see the first time he unleashes his breath in Tokyo. I think that is just going to look absolutely jaw-dropping. I, I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, for me, it 
it may be my favorite. I would need, again, more time with it, but mm-hmm. I absolutely love the hell out of that thing. I I was just engrossed from beginning to end. Amazing characters, amazing special effects, just absolutely jaw-dropping action. And I absolutely love, love just the, the two main characters in here. I, I was just completely on board with everything. Like I said, it may be my favorite, but I just need more time with it. I also love the movie a lot. It's one of my favorites of the year. I can't say it is my favorite Godzilla movie. I think I'll always have a special place in my heart for Mothra versus Godzilla. But that being said, it may... I'll have to, I've not seen all the Godzilla movies in a long time, but I wouldn't argue if anyone said it's the best one. I'd be like, maybe. <laughs> I'd have to... Think I don't think there's a lot of other contenders for like the best Godzilla movie. I do think Godzilla minus one could take that honor. Yeah, easily. Well, like like I said, it's always the distinction between best or favorite. Right. Because for me, favorite is, and this may be kind of weird. My favorite to just chill out and watch is Tokyo SOS. That's a good one, though. I think that's a I good know. one. Like I said. Tokyo SOS is one that I actually really, really like, and it's one that I enjoy watching the most. But I think if we go by best, then I think it's the original Mothra versus Godzilla and then minus one. So I wouldn't argue with that ranking at all. <laughs> yeah, it, like I said, it's, it's always one where you want to differentiate between best and favorite because favorite is when, you know, I know Tokyo SOS is, you know, really good, but I know that there's a lot of, you know, issues with it. But it's one that I, I for some reason, that that one just clicks for me, and I, I really like it, and it, it always holds up whenever I rewatch it. But then it's, you know, like I said, it's got its issues, and it's, you know, not really like that good of a movie. But then, you know, you look at, you know, Mothra versus Godzilla. You look at, you know, the original, or you know, if you want to watch the American version, that's fine. Because I've always said the the American version is more entertaining, but the Japanese version is the better movie. I feel that. I think if you look at the Japanese version, uh, you know, Mothra versus Godzilla minus one, I think those are like the best well made. Like if you were to like analyze everything critically and look at it like, you know, with like an analytical lens, I think those are the ones that hold up. But then, if, you know, I have absolutely no issue with somebody saying, you know, like Megalon is like their favorite because it's one that, you know, they saw as a kid. You know, they, you know, it was like their introduction. It was one that, you know, they saw all the time and it, they were like really on board with, you know, Godzilla, the protector and Godzilla, the hero. And, you know, like, there's like a sentimental reason why it's one that it's always like a favorite. But, you, you know, you know, deep down, it's, you know, not that good. So I, I, I know that there's always like a, a, the distinction between the two is like, you know, which was the best and which one's your favorite. So I am a stand for Godzilla versus Megalon. I'm a Godzilla versus Megalon defender. If there are 10,000 Godzilla versus Megalon fans, I am one of them. If there are 10 Godzilla versus Megalon fans, I am one of them. If there's only one Godzilla versus Megalon fan, it is me. And if there are no Godzilla versus Megalon fans, then I am not on this earth. <laughs> I, I, I will say it's better than his reputation. I, I I do actually come to its defense as well. I, I don't say it's, you know, upper echelon, but I, I actually do enjoy parts of it. I actually do really like there there are parts to it that I, I actually do really enjoy. And I, I do enjoy just, you know, the, the kitschy nature of it. 
just the the, the sheer balls to the wall insanity. I, I, yeah. I, I it it does have its moments, and I, again, it's one where you have Guy Gann in there, so it automatically can't suck just because Guy Gann is awesome. I love Guy Gann. Guy Gann's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> he was also my go-to in Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee. <laughs> God, I haven't played that in I haven't played that in so long. Bit. Yeah, Such yeah. A fun. Such yeah, a that was game. that was wild. I remember really. I remember playing that. I I don't remember who had it. It was one of my friends who had it because I I didn't really grow up with video games that much. But mm-hmm. I I had a friend of mine who had that, and I remember I I actually tolerated him just because I was able to go over to his house and play <laughs> that. You know I what? Remember playing Sometimes it be that way. Yeah, and, and you know when we kind of like grew apart, it was kind of like, well, I'm I was playing the game, but yeah, <laughs> you, you say that. I remember playing that game a lot. I don't remember if I ever really played it with Gigan. I always, for me, I, my go-to was always Angiris. I always played with him because I, I was mm-hmm. always like an Angiris defender. Because God, that poor guy has just had it so bad. I mean, you know, he's the first one that's killed. You know, yep. you, you look at what happens in, you know, we talked about him getting his jaw ripped out and, yep. you know, in Gigan, he gets his head split open and then you, you always forget. And this is the one that I always kind of, it's the one thing that I, the one thing in Destroy All Monsters that I always really liked is that mm-hmm. he's the one that Ghidorah flies off with him chomping on his neck. He f- drops him from midair. So he like falls like, you know, five or 600 feet crashes to the ground and then gets up and it's only when Ghidorah lands on him and you know like stomps on him that knocks him out and I was always one of those where it's like I I love his spirit I've always enjoyed the way Angurus approaches it because he's the one that yeah. actually charges it he's the one that actually charges the Ghidorah when he lands it's like you know he he doesn't even wait for him to be on the ground like you know he charges at him and it, you know he gets the first you know volley of the gravity beams but that was always like the way that he was treated in destroy all monsters made me a fan of Angurus, and that was always my guy and he was always the one that i played on destroy all monsters melee was i always was i always used Angurus just because i always wanted to like you know right the wrongs of his treatment in the movies he was always my guy that was always my favorite i would always pick guy again for a much simpler reason because that dude was weird as fuck and he was so fun to play because he'd like spin around and, you know, use this buzzsaw and he had yeah. like a really cool laser eye. And then his hands are basically scythes. He doesn't make sense. And neither did my playing style. So it just worked. But I also I really liked playing with Godzilla because like, obviously, <laughs> of course, yeah, uh, I did too. <laughs> exactly. And then I thought. I always thought uh, King Ghidorah was fun. I never played as him. I don't remember ever because I I always I rem- I distinctly remember I always chose the good guys. I never chose the bad guys to play as. I think the only one I ever played at as a bad guy was Mecha Godzilla because I always wanted to like be the defender and actually like use him as like the protector of mankind. I do remember yeah. playing him. I do remember playing him as one, playing as him once, but I don't remember ever playing as the bad guys because I was always like, I, I want to be like the protector and like defender version. Like I always wanted to like do that storyline more than you know like playing the the one that destroys everything. But yeah, I I do remember playing uh, Mechagodzilla once, and I think that was like the only time I ever really played as the bad guy. I never played as you know, like the, the the bad monsters really. 
But that 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 game was so much fun. I got two more questions for you, one of which I think you already know what's coming. But uh, before I ask the titular question of the show, I'm, I'm just curious. Do you have a favorite Godzilla design? And if so, what is it? Uh, it's probably 89 or 91 because it's the same costume. Fair. Yeah. For some reason, I've always just enjoyed it. it, it it kind of just encapsulates, I think, the idea of Godzilla's this just unstoppable, imposing menace. To use uh, modern vernacular, he's thick with multiple C's. <laughs> but he doesn't look fat. He looks, you know, just beefy and bulky and ripped. He, he, you know, the, the face looks amazing. I, I always kind of love that, you know, like that small angular triangle, like that small face look that he has. Where mm-hmm. you, you don't really want to, you know, like mess with them. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it, it does kind of have like this dinosaur look to him. You know, he looks just distinctive. And I, I do, I actually do really enjoy both movies. But um, I, like I said, I, I've always really liked, um, you know, 89, 91. Eh, honorable mentions, I would probably say uh, Mothra versus Godzilla. I, uh, I, I, you know, I like those, you know, he's he slimmed down, he's muscular, you know, he's kind of got those, you know, just dark, malevolent eyes to him. Great look with the head. Um, I, I kind of always like that look. And for an offshoot, I, I always think that this one's an underrated look. Godzilla Millennium or Megagurus, because again, it's another one where they use the same look. I've always really liked mm-hmm. that one. You know, again, he's kind of got that, you know, heavy, bulky, like thick look to him. The The spikes look really amazing. But he's got that really weird mouth thing where his mouth is just a little too big. So he kind of makes like weird movements when like when he's like roaring and aggression or like, you know, ready to charge. And it kind of just you know, he looks really distinctive. And I always kind of like really like the way he looks in those. So I, 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 I've always like I, I think like the best one is always, the you know, 89.91. And like the underrated one is always um, the GM, the Godzilla 2000 or Megagurus one. I, I think those are great picks. And I don't think it could go wrong with the Godzilla design. They're all they're all great in their own way. It just kind of depends on your tastes. But now yeah. it is time. If you... Oh, hmm, this could go a lot of different ways. Because there's a lot of different versions of Godzilla. Well, actually, I, I think the answer is the same for all the different versions of Godzilla. <laughs> but if you happen to be in Tokyo... When Godzilla rolls up on it, would you die? Eventually, I would probably shit myself. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. probably rub my eyes to make sure it's not an illusion. Fair. <laughs> and I would probably look uh, to see where he's running, where he's going, and then not necessarily go in the opposite direction, but I would probably go in a diagonal direction. Yeah, just kind of increase your yeah, odds. Yeah, I would probably try to get as far away as possible but um the other thing is is that i'm well aware of the fact that i'm not athletic i don't have very good stamina and ever since the pandemic my cardio is shit so i'm probably oh, no. gonna um uh, it's something i'm working on i know but um i'm 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 being honest with myself i don't have the physique of an olympian i don't have the stamina of anybody that's going to, you know, run away very fast. And I, I'm not going to, you know, 
last too long running a marathon. So uh, like I said, my cardio is really crap. So I'm probably not going to get very far, especially with him being what, maybe uh, 300 times my size. He could probably cover <laughs> more distance than I could. Like I said, it, depending on how close I am to uh, close I am to Tokyo Bay when he arrives, but eh, I, I'll give myself good odds and say, um, I would probably be smart enough to, get with a crowd that would, uh, you know, run away uh, the second they saw him and maybe make it to safety. But um, I, I will say that there may be a slight chance that uh, I'll probably get crushed or burned to death or something just to, you know, play safe and play my odds. But I'm also going to, you know, give myself a fighting chance and say, uh, you know, I'll, if I'm far enough away, I'll probably make it to safety. But uh, I, I will be honest and give myself a few slight chances that uh, I won't make it. The thing with Godzilla, and whenever Godzilla is a topic on this show, what makes Godzilla hard to answer this question is he's not like Mikey Mai Mai or the Xenomorph or Freddy Krueger, where it's like, it's 1v1, they're coming after you. Yeah, you're probably going to get it. Godzilla don't care about us, so he's yeah. not actively trying to, like, well, Godzilla minus one. That one was a motherfucker. Mm. But uh, for the most part, Godzilla's yeah. not actively trying to kill. He's just doing his thing. Um, We don't really yeah. know his motivations a lot of the time. It's just really luck of the draw. You could start getting away and making a distance, but he uses his uh, atomic breath once in the direction you happen to be in. It doesn't matter how far you went. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so said, it's really just luck. I've always said that one of the interesting things I would want to do is make a lane. Like, okay, you like you like you get out of the city, the streets, and you get out of the city, and you just mm -hmm. stand there and you let him pass by, and you see what he does. Like, is he actually gonna you know, like crush the building to step on you, or is he gonna just you know continue on his path, not you know killing you, but you know he's doing his own thing and he's gonna keep on going. And, you know, the fact that we're actually running puts us in more danger than if we actually stand still and just let him do his thing. Right. It's really just luck, I think. <laughs> yeah. Where are you when he, pull, when he pulls up <laughs> where you're able to go and then just kind of keeping a watchful eye and hope he doesn't, like, turn around. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then and then if there's, like, another monster in play, like King Ghidorah or something, <laughs> right. that just lessens yeah. the odds. <laughs> Like, why exactly, is he yeah. here? You know, is he trying to wreak havoc or is he trying to save the world? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just try and be out of the way. <laughs> yeah, give him his lane. But like I said, I think that's kind of like my thing was like, yeah. you know, give him his lane and see what he does. Like, you know, get out of the way. Like, you know, not necessarily like leave the city, but just like stand off to the side and see where yeah. he goes. Yeah, that's always something that I've always been kind of like curious to see if like, you know, if that would actually work, if that would do something. But yeah, I, I think just the fact that seeing a 300 foot tall fire breathing lizard moving through the city a couple hundred feet away from you, I'm not going to want to take my chances. I'm going to want to move. But right. yeah, there's also that other part of me. It's like, well, if we don't do anything, is he actually going to do something to us? So exactly. it's kind of so, yeah, it's one of those where I don't know if I want to test the theory, but it'd be interesting to see play <laughs> out. It's one of the harder, harder ones to answer because there's so many variables. But exactly, I think yes. I think we did. A, I think we I think we'll do OK. We know we know the big G. <laughs> And, and everyone listening knows we know the big G pretty well. So this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me today. I could keep going, but 
we're both busy <laughs> horror creators. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff going on, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But where can the people find you and your work? Yeah, okay. Um, so I do uh, movie reviews for uh, Don's World of Horror and Exploitation. Um, pretty much anything I see that I want to, you know, falls into that range. Uh, you can find it on there. Site is uh, Don's Horror World dot dot com. And uh, I do host a couple of podcasts. Um, I do host, um, mainly for me, the Horror Countdown, which uh, I guess we can spill the beans, is that uh, you're involved in one of the latest episodes by the time you hear this. It's pretty much a uh, pretty simple format. We pick a topic, we formulate a top 10 list around it, and we get together and discuss it. So... It's um, all lists all the time. Uh, we don't do reviews or breakdowns. You know, we just pick topics and uh, top 10 lists. So uh, if you're interested in that, you can find us pretty much everywhere online. I, I've got to get used to stuff saying Google Podcasts because that's <laughs> gone by now. Spotify, Apple, I guess it's, you know, out there if you want to, you know, use your pocket cat, you know, your podcatcher of choice uh nobody's ever complained about not being able to find it so uh, it's out there it's pretty easy to find it's horror countdown uh, that's me you can find me there and uh, i do host uh, two others with uh, friends of mine uh one is uh, no more room in hell presents uh fresh cuts which is basically just a look at the latest releases uh, you know theatrical streaming vod we you know we pick one movie a week the you know biggest you know tentpole release uh, whatever format it is and uh, we break it down and review it and uh, i also do another show called no more room in hell presents creature comforts which is basically we pick a monster movie or creature feature and discuss it so uh, with yeah, with those, uh, they are both uh, sidecasts under the No More Room and Hell banner, so they don't have specific feeds. But if you follow um, No More Room and Hell, or if you follow darkdiscussions.com, they'll be right there and available. And uh, especially in those cases, since we're the, they appear more often than No More Room and Hell, uh, you'll find more of them. But uh, they, they don't have their own separate feed, so you will have to you know follow No More Room and Hell. But uh, they do show up. Um, they do show up in that feed. So uh, yes, it's uh, pretty much everywhere you can find me. I'm Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, it should be pretty easy. I'm out there. Um, I go by my name pretty much everywhere. And uh, if I don't, you, everything is linked back to linked back down to my name. So uh, I'm pretty easy to find. Awesome. Everyone go follow Don. He's great. Um, obviously, you guys just heard huge conversation about God. Well, there's only one way to have a conversation about Godzilla, and it's got to be huge, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. And yeah, guys, don't forget, I'm going to be on Don's show. I think, yeah, we should be releasing the same week. So that's yeah, a fun. Um, that's a fun conversation. We already recorded that one. <laughs> right. Um, I will keep the topic under wraps, but um, I, like I said, as based as uh, the conversation that we had there, I knew that this was going to be a lot of fun. So uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, you will know what kind of uh, shenanigans to expect on the other one. So hope to uh, <laughs> exactly. see you there. All righty. Thank you so much. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Don for joining me today and geeking out about Godzilla with me. Godzilla is one of my favorite things to talk about, so I had a blast with this one. 
Those of you in the East Lansing area, check out my short film Ice Cream at the Lake Michigan Film Festival. It is playing this Saturday, March 2nd, 2024 at 8.45 p.m. during the Dark Short Films block over at Studio C in East Lansing. I plan on being there and I hope to see you there as well. The Patreon is back. That's right. If you really want to support this podcast, you can help me directly by subscribing to my Patreon. I retooled it so it's only $3 a month, and you get exclusive content as well as live streams for patrons only. If you like this show, please let me know. Leave a review and rate on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this show. Also, feel free to interact with me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you're most comfortable. It may not seem like a lot, but trust me, every single like, share, comment, follow... All of that stuff really helps this podcast grow and helps keep me going. And feel free to let me know how I'm doing. What do you guys like about the show? What are some areas I can improve? Guests you'd like me to have on? Monsters or topics you want me to talk about? Just let me know what you guys think. A reminder, I just became an affiliate for Fangoria, one of the premier brands in horror. I definitely recommend checking out their magazine and even subscribing. And if you decide to do that, don't forget to use the promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. You can find the show social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at WOULDYOUDIESHOW. Also, now you can follow me on TikTok at WOULDYOUDIEPODCAST. WOULDYOUDIE is a partner with the Three Wise Men Media, a Metro Detroit-based group of awesome guys Kyle, Tyler, and Dylan, where they bring you professional wrestling, indie comic books, and so much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend Josie Palmer. Next week, we're diving into a Stephen King classic that has not been discussed yet on this show. Until next time, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die.